Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. I'll say that one more time. This is Kim with Black Free Thinkers. We are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. Yes, we are Black Free Thinkers, but not the Kanye kind. As for me and my Black Free Thinkers, we shall read books, right? And so today, we're going to be joined in conversation with the Black Detour. Now, you can find their information on the show notes. I gave you the link to their Twitter, their Instagram, and their Facebook. But today, please join us as we speak with Jay Colby, the founder of the Black Detour. We'll discuss independent media and why it's needed given our current sociopolitical environment and culture. The Black Detour is an independent media outlet that advocates for black people to not only be empowered, but informed on issues in the black community. They're part of a growing movement in America to empower black people all across the United States at their core. They stand with black people and want our voices, opinions, and thoughts heard. Jay Colby is a writer, journalist, and entrepreneur. Jay founded the Black Detour to not only change the often negative perception of black people in mainstream media, but to create a space where black people can voice their opinion freely. He is also a college student and has decided his life to dedicate his life to helping the disenfranchised. So we want to encourage independent journalism, and we think this is a step in the right direction. So welcome, Jay. Welcome to Black Freethinkers. How are you today? I'm doing great, and thank you for having me on the show today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we see you are out here, and you're running things. You saw a void, and you decided to fill it. What what encouraged you? What motivated you to start the Black Detour? Well, I guess it would have to go back to 2015 when uh, I was in college still, and uh, the Sandra Bland case happened, and it happened at my college that I was attending at the time. And so once that happened, it encouraged me to do – I knew I had to do something because, of course, I saw police brutality, you know, on videos and on TV – all over the news in years previous, but once that happened, it made me just gave me the sense of urgency that I need to do something for my people. So I had to figure out what that was going to look like. Didn't really figure it out at that time, but that that's the ball rolling for me to create something like the Black Detour. Excellent and excellent. And what's your mission at the Black Detour? Well, our mission at the Black Detour is just to not only empower our people, but to inform them on different issues and stuff that's going on in our community on a daily basis and inform them on things that happened in the past. You know, you have to know the past to know where you're going in the future. So that's something we just want to focus on and kind of, you know, drill down on with the Black Detour. Excellent, excellent. And do you have any influences? Um, Were there any people or other independent black journalists or media companies out there that influenced you then and now? Well, I'm going to say back then, no, because I really didn't know too much about independent black media. Most of the media we get, you know, is off the mainstream media or maybe small little blogs here and there, but I never really knew about a lot of independent black media. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to create something that wasn't just locally or focused on a local area, but for the masses of black people all over the United States where they could be able to still, you know, read the content and understand the content even if they don't live in the same city or the same, you know, localized place as I may be in. And so that's what I really wanted to create. So it wasn't a person that influenced me in that way, but it was people 
like just journalists who I saw, you know, people of color who are journalists who I saw that I was like, okay, I want to be a journalist. And so some of those people was Demetria Lucas and uh, was um, and Natasha Smith and a few other people I saw over the years that I just wanted to, you know, kind of, you know, emulate myself after and be a journalist. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And to the young people out there that may be listening to the show, and not only just the young people, you have some older people out there that uh, may have the same interests. What words of encouragement would you give them? Well, I would just tell them that if you have a goal or something that you want to do, just always don't listen to the noise when people will tell you what you can and cannot do. Because a lot of people, especially in this media space, a lot of people will tell you who or who cannot speak up. And now we're in a beautiful time where anybody can really speak up and have their voices be heard. So if you have a voice, you have something that you want to say, create that whatever wherever that may look like for you. And don't let, you know, the naysayers or anybody tell you this. Excellent. Excellent. So given our current sociopolitical culture and environment that we're living in right now, do you think this is a great time to be an independent journalist? Um, have you... You know, how has this influenced you? You know, when you see what's happening nowadays, does it excite you? Does it, you know, do you feel disenfranchised? You know, what are your feelings given what we're dealing with nowadays? Oh, definitely it excites me because we're in a time that will go go down in history, even more so than just the past, but just something that will go down that people will remember this time. We're in a time where a lot of things are happening, a lot of things are happening that will change the future 50 years from now. We're in a beautiful time where what's going on right now, if you're not documented, it will be looked back, you know, 50 years, 60 years from now, people will look at this and do research and, you know, write dissertations on the time that we're at now. So it's a beautiful time and an era where expression and opinion is seem like it's kind of at an all-time rate because we got social media, we got all these different devices that we can, you know, adapt to and kind of, you know, put out content without having, you know, the powers that be telling us what we can and cannot say. So being an independent journalist is just a beautiful time for that. Excellent. So what are you tackling right now that you would like to share with us? Well, in terms of the play, these are, I think, right now we want to focus on what's coming up with the midterm elections also. And not only that, but just challenging each other to think you know, more critically. I feel like we're in a time where a lot of people don't think as critical as we used to. You know, it's a lot of times it's just a quick tweet or a quick Instagram post, but a lot of times we don't take the time to really dive into something to understand a concept, understand an idea to move us forward. And, you know, I feel like that's an important thing that a lot of people don't really focus on is the critical thinking that, you know, usually calls from the public school system and then leaving that system and even going to the, you know, higher education realm is just being lost a lot of times. So that's one thing that I'm focused on now and that we're trying to focus on at the Black Detour. Excellent. And I see you talk about a lot of black history on the Black Detour. Why is that? Well, we do that specifically going back to the public, you know, uh, school system is because we have to we have to kind of retrain and relearn a lot of different things that we wasn't taught or wasn't taught in the right way. Because a lot of times when you hear about black history in school, you're basically just taught about, you know, slavery, Rosa Parks, maybe a little bit of Harriet Tubman. And, you know, that's pretty much it. And maybe Martin Luther King, of course, you know, he had a dream. And that's all we really talked about. We don't really go into, you know, a lot of stories and history that really happened that shaped us who we are now and that we don't kind of talk about never. So I feel like the Black Deeds is a good platform to give people the information that they might never heard. Excellent. Excellent. That's a good place to start, and you all do a really good job. And, you know, what 
are your future aspirations? Do you plan on expanding your platform? Oh, yes. Yeah. So in the future, we want to, you know, go into video, go into maybe have an online show. Also, just tapping into different, you know, markets and different people so to share their stories, you know, and also just kind of creating, you know, one goal that we have is we want to go out to different rural communities that are, you know, black, you know, populated and talking to those people and getting those people political views because I feel like a lot of times when we focus on black people, we focus on more people in the urban, you know, areas, urban cities, you know, like Dallas, Houston, Chicago, you know, big cities, you know, but we don't always focus on the people living in those smaller areas where maybe 10,000 or 20,000 residents. But how they feel about certain things. So that's one goal they want to do is kind of reach out to those black people who may be disenfranchised and feel like their voice is never heard. Excellent, excellent. I have someone, uh, a friend of mine, that's doing the exact same thing. And, you know, but they're also going out to some of the, you know, country areas where there are a lot of white and indigenous people as well as um, Latinx people. So that's that's very good because a lot of times their voices are lost. Their opinions aren't heard. And one thing that I have to impress upon everyone is that in a lot of those areas, you know, number one, many of them do not have access to internet. And if they do have access to the internet, it's very spotty. It's poor internet access. And then quite a few of them, they only have access to AM radio, which means they only have access to a lot of the conservative voices. And, you know, given what we're seeing today, this is one of the reasons why the GOP and the conservative right they've been able to gain edgewise is because they took over, I'm sorry, AM radio. And so this was all that the people heard. So this is what they started believing. And having social media and having people like Jay and others come out to talk with them and be able to educate them on some things, because I've seen cases in which they've had conversations with people who lived outside of those areas, and the people were able to present them with evidence stating otherwise than what they heard on Fox and other conservative radio stations, and the people were absolutely flabbergasted because they didn't know that some of the information that they had been given was propaganda. So things like that are very, very necessary. It's a very much needed service. So congratulations, Jay. Um, you know, that's that's a step in the right direction. So, you know, going back to what you said about social media, with social media, we have more direct access to a lot of the people that we talk about, the ones that are still alive. Do you believe that has been helpful or do you believe it's a hindrance having this type of I mean, direct I guess, access to these people? I mean, I guess it, it, it depends how you look at it, right? Because you could have direct access, but it also allows people to, you know, you, you can use that access into, you know, into different ways that's not always positive. But on the positive side, yes, having access to different people, different leaders that we can actually access and see and talk to and kind of interact with on more of a personal level, not necessarily you would have in the past if you didn't actually know that person or you wasn't in the town where they was, you know, doing their work at. So I feel like in a positive aspect, it can be, you know, good, but it can be negative because all this access and all this accessibility to everybody can seem, you know, a little overblown at times because, you can always kind of see what people are doing and see, or, or if they're not posting on social media, you can see what they're what they're not doing, you know, or they're not posting. So they're not, obviously, they're not doing no work in the community or they're not doing whatever they say they're supposed to be doing. 
So I think it kind of it needs to be more of a balance, but for the most part, I think it's positive. Excellent. Excellent. You know, <laughs> I guess you can kind of see that in a number of different ways. Um, you know, there were a couple of times whereas, you know, I would look at certain celebrities and say to myself, you probably need to not say that again. <laughs> not- <laughs> but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, it gives them a chance to be their authentic selves because, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, you have these PR people that conjure up or fabricate or put together this image. And when that person can't live up to that image, it creates problems yeah. on both it's because the fans or the followers or whatever you may call yourself, they have this image of this person, and then they meet them, and sometimes you feel let down, and sometimes you're like, wow, yeah. I didn't know all of that. But then also yeah. you kind of put that person in a box because there's mm-hmm. this image. And sometimes, yeah. you know, you want to be yourself, your authentic self, and it doesn't necessarily yeah. match up with the image that's out there. So it's kind of like a labyrinth. It's it's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, people like to lie because it's more entertaining than the truth. You know, a lot of times the truth is not entertaining. The truth is kind of boring sometimes. It's kind of mundane. But the lie is usually exciting and fun and entertaining. So a lot of people rather go with the lie than the truth. That's why it's a lot of, you know fake news and certain stories that you put out there that, you know, aren't always true, but it gets ran so much that it kind of becomes true in people's mind because that's more entertaining, that's more fun, that's more exciting than something that was just mundane and boring. That may be the truth. Exactly. And unfortunately, and this is my opinion, um, having, having given the, basically given the fact that a lot of people are really into reality TV, I feel that's one of the reasons why we have elected 45. That's one of the reasons why he's in office, because he was able to portray this particular image, and certain people took it serious, and we're now coming to see that, again, that image was something that was made up, that it was manufactured for the general public, Um you know, and there are caveats with that, and especially going into our 2020 election season, you have a number of characters out there that are gearing up to run because if 45 can win, that basically gives everybody, you know, the freedom to believe that, you know, even they could run for office and win, you know, Mm -hmm. given the right image. Um, What would you tell just the general public in regards to when they're out here and they're interacting with these people and going into the new election system, how would you tell them to vet information coming to them? So, you know, be basically how to look at different news sources to determine whether the information that's being sent to you is propaganda or the truth. Well, I always tell people, once you read one thing, once one source, you always go to another source. Just like kind of like a journalist, you don't just follow one source or one lead. You always want to confirm that with a few sources. You know, usually they say these four, but you're not a journalist, so it had to be four. But maybe at least a couple of articles that you want to confirm whatever information is being put out to you that's actually factual. And as you want to do your own research personally, just to know what's really going on. So if you stay in update with the news, when you see certain things, you would know that it's not true. That doesn't make any sense because I know A, B, and C happened before. 
So sometimes I feel like we got to be more aware, even more so, because it is a lot of propaganda that's being put out to us. So be more aware of what's actually going on. And then to have that discernment to know that this doesn't look right, let me check this and look somewhere else and see if this is actually sexual. And, you know, I feel like that's important in the day and age we live in. Exactly, exactly. And would you encourage people to read news sources from other countries to get a better gauge on what's being written about America? And in some cases, do you believe that some of the foreign resources have better information than what the mainstream American um, mass media is releasing? Oh, yes, of course. It's always good to see another perspective even if, you know, if it's overseas or a different country, because their view on America is important as well also, right? It's important to see what they feel like what America is actually doing, not just what America feels about itself. And also it's good to see their view on our, you know, politics and different things in our election season that's, that's what's coming up, because we want to know what the view of the world is looking into us. And I feel like a lot of times we don't really look for those resources and look for those things. And a lot of times they do do a great job in covering stories over here that we really don't recognize because we don't look for that information. So I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Excellent. You know, one of the best examples that I saw, you know, most recently in the past several years was when we had the tragedy with Trayvon Martin. And, you know, I was posting all of the information about it, but I was posting a lot of articles um, from you know, a lens of Africans from the diaspora, so showing people over in the Netherlands who were marching with us, marching in solidarity with us, you know, mourning the death of Trayvon Martin. I was showing um, and posting articles with, you know, um, Palestinian women who were mourning with us in regards to Black Lives Matter and what was happening over here. I even posted some videos from Palestinian women who were, you know, who were celebrating the fact that we were standing in solidarity with them. They thought that we had forgotten about them, and we had not. And I think it's important for people to know that and and for us to share that information, you know, with the general public, are these some of the things that you focus on, you know, trying to focus on people in other countries who are standing in solidarity with black Americans, but also to let black Americans know that we have people that are looking up to us, that we influence quite a bit. So there is a responsibility and accountability on our end. Oh, yes, of course, there's always people looking up at black Americans. Well, we wanted a few people who've been able to create a culture within nothing. You know, we was given nothing. We started with nothing, and we kind of created our own thing without, you know, somebody else influencing us. And that was kind of an amazing thing that I feel like a lot of other countries, and we need to, you know, take a look into that. A lot of other countries look up to us, like you like you stated, and they kind of, you know, if you go to other countries, you will see a lot of, you know, black American culture over there. You'll be somewhat surprised, I think, some people would because, a lot of people kind of in their bubble, in their own zone here in America, but they have to realize that our culture, you know, expands, you know, farther than the shores of America, you know, farther than the shores of the United States. So I feel like it's important to recognize those people who are standing with us and not always focus on the negative because a lot of times we focus on, you know, the differences we have with people from the diaspora and different places, but focusing on things we also have in common is an important factor. Excellent, excellent. And are you in any associations or anything of that nature with other independent black media companies? 
I mean, we always trying to network with other, you know, companies in that way, but we haven't made, like, a exact, you know, association, I would say. But we always, you know, network and open to network with other, you know, black media sources and different people who just want to focus on, you know, the, the upliftment and the uh, empowerment of black people. And I feel like that doesn't necessarily have to be an organization, but it can be people as well. We just want to connect with the people who really want to go forward in a positive light because I feel like a lot of times we want to connect with certain organizations and certain people, but they oftentimes don't really have, you know, genuine, uh, you know, uh, a genuine path that they really want to go in. You know, it's not always genuine. Sometimes it's just profit or just for money, but it's not always for, you know, the uplifting and the movement forward of black people. So. Okay, and are you looking for writers? Of course, yeah, we're always open to have, you know, new writers to join the team or just to contribute whenever they can. So if you have interest in that, you can uh, email us at theblackdetour at gmail.com for any inquiries into that. Okay, repeat that email address. Theblackdetour at gmail.com, T-H-E-B-L-A-C-K-D-E-T-O-U-R at gmail.com. Excellent, because I want them to be able to contact you and and mm-hmm. be able to reach out to you and you know again have you ever thought about going into print media? That actually was the original plan to start you know with that, but I think a lot of times we wanted to build a you know audience first before we went into you know a print because you know print is you know it's more you know you have to pay for that and people always feel like news should be free and then how a print will look at would it just be more you know opinion pieces or would it be news how would that really work? Would it be an annual thing or it be, you know, biannual? How would that really work? So we were just still trying to, you know, fix, figure out what that was going to look like. So we haven't really dived into that yet, but that is something that we've thought about in the past. Excellent, excellent. And are you doing any outreach to, like, high school students and younger to encourage them to to write more, whether they want to be a journalist or not, but just to write more? I mean, that's something definitely we'll look into. We haven't focused on that as of yet, but that's definitely something we could look into for the uh, for the future. That's excellent, excellent, because I feel that we should, you know, try to create a path and try to encourage young people, you know, even if they're not interested in journalism or anything of that nature, but to encourage them to write and as well as read. And so... Oh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's definitely not. Nah, definitely not. Yes, sir. So as of right now, what would you recommend to the general public um, in regards to um, supporting black independent media? You know, what would you like to say to the public, encouraging them to continue to support you guys? I would just say that the work that we're doing, sometimes it might not seem like it's necessary because we have all these other mainstream outlets, but it is important. It is important that we have a black-owned, and I'll say it again, black-owned, not just black content, but black-owned media outlet because a lot of times a lot of media is being driven to us. It's not by black, it might be by black face, but it might not be, you know, black-owned and have a black message and a black agenda that want to help the black community not only just report news to the black community, but want to do work in the black community and see its upliftment and it's moving forward because we always want to move forward in what we're doing and innovate and different things like that. So I would encourage people to keep supporting black, not just the black detail, but any independent media outlet or black media outlet that you would like to support. Just keep supporting those people and sharing their content and, and supporting them in any way you can. Excellent. Excellent. I want to encourage you to continue moving forward 
And like you said, don't listen to the naysayers. Just keep plugging away. And as they say, you build and grow. You build and oh, yes. grow. Definitely. Yes. And and I am looking forward to seeing much, much more from you guys. And, again, I, I plan on, you know, keeping in contact and maybe working on a couple of things, you know, with you guys. And I appreciate your taking time out to come on the show today and to join us because I know you're a very, very busy young man and you're still in school and you're just <laughs> building up this base here. But if there's anything that we can ever offer you, anything that we could do to help you, Please let us know. We invite you back to the show. You can come back at any time. And I just want you to know that you are appreciated, and I thank you for reaching out to us. And, again, I'm looking forward to working with you in the future and seeing, seeing you grow, seeing you grow. So I'm excited for you. Thank you so much for all those kind words, and thank you again for letting me on the show today. Yes, sir. All right. Well, any last words? Any books you want to encourage us to go out and read? Any any last parting thoughts? The last thing I guess I should say is just, you know, if you have any free time or anything, you know, you want to see about the Black Detour, you can visit us at the Black Detour at T-H-E-B-L-A-C-K-D-E-T-O-U-R.com. And you can find all our social medias on there as well. You can read articles and just kind of get a better understanding of what we're really trying to do. Excellent. And do you have, um, like, a contact us page, like a CGI script where they can put their information yeah. in? And send yeah, we do. yeah, we do have a contact page. You can subscribe to our newsletter as well, and they'll pop up once you visit the website. So, yeah, you can also connect with us and just follow us on all social medias, and you can be up to date on everything we're doing. Fantastic. And do you have a YouTube channel? We do have a YouTube channel. It's not always active <laughs> active right there, but we do have a YouTube channel. So if you're looking for us on YouTube, we do have a few videos on there, but it's not really active as of now, but we do have a YouTube channel as well. So. Okay, very good. I just want to make sure that they're able to contact you and, you know, that you have your information out there. And so, again, everybody, we would like to thank Jay Colby and the Black Detour for taking time out to visit with us today. And this is Kim with Black Free Thinkers, and we are here to challenge you to think and live for yourself, not convert you. And I want everybody to enjoy the rest of your week. Today is Wednesday, hump day. So you got a few more days to go. But, um, Jay, thank you kindly. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up, young man. You have a very bright future. Thank you. And, And thank you. Everybody take care. Have a good day.